0: Welcome. You've tuned in to Living the Miracle with hosts Michael and Raphael Tamura. You were meant to live a joy-filled life, and you most certainly can. In this program, you will learn simple yet powerful psychic tools to help you fulfill your soul's purpose in this world. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Tamura and Raphael Tamora.
1: Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to... Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. I'm Raphael.
2: And I'm Michael.
1: The purpose for our show is to awaken souls, develop intuition, and fulfill purpose. The topic for our show today is It Takes a Village, and we're going to explore the miracle of sharing your joy of cooperation and community. Although no one seems to have found conclusive evidence To the origin of the now popular saying, quote, it takes a village to raise a child, there is some agreement that the general sentiment comes from an old African proverb. In various African cultures, there have been the understanding that the whole community must be involved in the raising of the child, growing up in that community, that no single pair of parents can provide the proper, full care and education of any child. Especially in the U.S., for many parents, that may sound great, but a challenge to carry out, when even having one stay-at-home parent in a household to raise a child is hard to manage, often with both parents working full-time to make ends meet, especially with a growing family or with so many single parents with children. Those parents with a close-knit, extended family living close by seem to come the closest to following the meaning of this adage, it takes a village to raise a child. Yet, if you look at what it takes to accomplish anything of great worth, it takes a whole community of souls cooperating to succeed. Michael and I have always enjoyed watching the credits roll at the end of a good movie when all the other moviegoers tend to make their way to the exits at the end of a movie. We usually stayed to watch the credits to see how many dedicated and creative people it took to communicate, cooperate, and work as a community to fulfill all the diverse multitude of tasks needed to make the final product that we got to enjoy. We also wanted to appreciate the work. Each one of them contributed to the making of the movie since all too often our society tends to focus on the few superstars of the industry associated with that film that have the most money-making power and not give due credit to all the hundreds or even thousands of people who work tirelessly to make them the superstars and the movie of a box office success. When we travel and stay in many hotels, we always leave an extra gratuity each day of our stay for the housekeepers who tend to our room along with a little note of appreciation. Michael always finds ways to talk with them when they have a little lull in their work schedule to get to know them more. We included them in the success and enjoyment of what we are able to accomplish on our trips as much as we could. That also goes for others who provide service to us and our work in some way. We've been aware for a long time that it definitely takes a village for us to be able to do what we do every day. And that's no joke, boy. We do. I often give thanks for those who I never get to meet but were instrumental in me receiving the gift of their service. When I dine in a restaurant and enjoy the meal I am served, I appreciate all who work together to get that meal in front of me on the table. That community extends a lot further than the chef and the cooks and the servers and the management staff. If the builders didn't work together to build the restaurant building, none of us would be there making, serving, or having dinner. If the farmers didn't grow the produce and tend to the animals, the food wouldn't be on our table either. Without the truckers and all who participate in the logistics of transporting everything to that kitchen, We wouldn't be enjoying a meal. Everything we have and can do requires an extensive community to provide them. That tends to be forgotten and neglected too often in our ever-busy world. It's important to be aware and appreciate it every single day. It's when you become aware of this and joyfully appreciate the community of souls working together to make it possible for you to have what you have that opens up the gateway for more miracles the unfortunate thing is that the sharing of joy of this large and small scale cooperation of a community is so often lost in all the busyness of getting everything done rather than experiencing the joy many in such communities end up mostly experiencing the hardships frustrations and even unfortunately drudgery of having to do the work so much with seemingly little reward of appreciation. Your experience of happiness and joy is found in the communication and cooperation that provide the foundation of your community. It is when you share that joy that miracles begin appearing in your life. Because spirit is undivided oneness, it has no limits in any way. You can say that spirit is... And that means it is everywhere all of the time. You cannot be without spirit. No one can. So if you are, you are spirit. If the person you see walking down the street is, that person is spirit as well. Whether you like someone or you feel that they disgust you, if that person is, that person too is spirit. That is why it is not up to any of us to pass judgment about anyone, even our own self, based on our perception of them, what they look like, how they act, what they say. Remember, all miracles arise out of this oneness of spirit. In this divided world, we experience that oneness as unity among us. That wise saying, united we stand, divided we fall, comes from the awareness that our power comes from within us as one undivided spirit. When we get into communication with one another and cooperate in furthering a common vision, we empower ourselves by validating the spirit that we each and all are. As we do, we begin to discover that there is little to nothing that we cannot do. When it comes to communication, cooperation, and community, It really is not only the more the merrier, but more powerful, too. Decades ago, when Michael and I started giving retreats in our home or in other places, and we provided everyone full meals each day of the retreat, I did all of the procuring of what we needed, both food-wise and supplies. The prepping, the cooking, serving, and cleanup for 40 to 100 participants and a few times even more for three or more days of the actual retreat time, and of course, for many days before and after the event. The after event was mostly clean up and giving away the leftover food. I was happy to do it, and I was much younger than I am now, so I could do it. During the course of all that work, Michael would ask me why I didn't get volunteers to help me do all of this enormous work, and time-sensitive work, too, My reply back then was that helpers who meant well, or helpers who meant well, but didn't know what they were doing, took me far more time and energy to train and supervise than if I just did it myself. Does this sound like some of you? (laughs) As we started doing more retreats and the groups got larger, it became even more work for me. Finally, it got to the point where I just couldn't do it all by myself for that many people for that many days so I finally decided it was time that I had volunteers to help me. Of course, in the beginning, just as I foresaw, it increased my workload quite a bit rather than lightening it up. But I did my best to train and supervise the few helpers to do some of the easier tasks. I wasn't sure if it was going to be worth the trouble at the beginning. Just about then, Michael brought in one of the students attending the retreat and told me that she really wanted to help. At that point I needed someone to be my sous chef and prepare all the veggies in very specific ways so that I could cook them in various dishes. I didn't have high hopes at the time because I had to stop everything I was doing to devote to instruction to instructing each new volunteer even in taking care of some basic stuff in the kitchen and not even in the actual food preparation, you know, like teaching people how how often they needed to wash their hands, and this was way, 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 way before COVID. So I asked her if she knew how to slice or dice certain vegetables in specific ways. Michael was acting like the cat that ate the canary the whole time as he stood by and watched, and finally said to me, just let her do it, she'll be fine, and laughed and went back into the workshop room. After I gave my new helper a few instructions, I turned around to face the stove and oven to take care of the cooking, and a few minutes later, I turned around and and saw that all the vegetables were cut in exactly the way that I instructed her to do it, perfectly, like a real chef. I was duly impressed and relieved. I had some real help in the cooking department, yay! Yay! This one person made it much easier for me to work with the other enthusiastic volunteers that required much more of my attention and instruction. It was still a lot of work for me, but I started to have really great help to make it easier. When I had the chance to talk with my new helper to get to know her more, I discovered that she was not only a professional cook, but built, owned, and ran several successful restaurants and catering businesses. Then Michael came into the kitchen on another workshop break to fill me in that she not only did catering but did it on a massive scale that sometimes included hiring cranes, helicopters, and other major equipment and directing the personnel to run them in order to set up a giant circus-type tents, stages, and structures for events involving up to a 1,000 or more participants. Okay, then. No wonder Michael was laughing when he introduced her to me, and I just wanted to send hats off to dear Martha Ingear, who is the woman I am speaking about. Now I had someone who could train and supervise the other volunteers in the kitchen at that time.
2: Yeah, it's it's a great story, <laughs> but I'll, I'll get back to that in a in a little bit. First, I I just wanted to mention, you know, since we're on this radio show and we're on here every week and. Many, many of you enjoy listening to our shows from the archives after it's been broadcast and recorded. And we thank you for that. Yeah. And but I just wanted to point out, oh, us being able to offer you our weekly show for the last, what, five years or going on five years, uh, it's definitely taken a pretty good size village. To, to make it possible that you are hearing us right now even. And for for one thing, uh, we have Matt, the engineer for uh, Voice America, who is the station, the network that, that broadcasts our, our shows and, and organizes them, catalogs them, everything, and puts it in the archives and puts up any kind of our Uh, Promotions and information that needs to go up screens our calls. Yeah, everything is done And so here's Matt every week pretty much every week uh, Since the beginning of our show is here uh, making sure that you get to hear us (laughs) So thank you very much to Matt and all the other great people at the voice America that help make this possible and there are, most of them are totally in the background, and most people don't know about them. But this is just like what Raphael was talking about with, it doesn't matter if it's in the kitchen, in a restaurant, or uh, making a movie or a radio show. Whatever we do, keeping a hotel going and the guests happy, Ah, it depends on a whole village, a whole community to come together communicate with each other, cooperate, and in the process of building a community, the community, whatever that community is, starts to fulfill the purpose for which that community comes together, that community of souls. The community is always based on the souls that make that community up. So then, back to the story that Raphael was telling uh, I knew for a while that Raphael needed a lot more help to do all that she did for events. So I observed what kind of volunteers would be able to lend her the assistance she needed. When I found out about this woman who offered her help in the kitchen, I jumped in because I knew Raphael wouldn't have to spend a great deal of her time and attention to get the kind of help she needed in the kitchen. And after observing them working together for the first time, I started to discover that why why so many of the volunteers that Raphael had earlier in her life didn't work out for her very well. And not it's not because they weren't great people. It wasn't because they weren't capable. It's just...
1: Or that I was a bad boss. <laughs> yeah, that Raphael
2: was a bad boss or anything. No, even if the volunteers sincerely wanted to help and were totally enthusiastic about it, It generally didn't, they didn't generally know uh, how to jump into being part of a team and a community uh, in most cases. Often the volunteer would look to Raphael as the go to person for everything, which, you know, she's the supervisor, she's the chief, and then try to work directly with her first rather than be part of the team first. So many of them ended up constantly asking Raphael everything from what to do, how to do it, and and even little details of, oh yeah, you know, is it okay to put it here or there or didn't place it straighter. or and I observed that many people were trained in the common work experience at, at whatever jobs they had to report <clears throat> to their supervisor and keep themselves at work, except for during breaks when they were allowed to socialize with their workmates. Others developed a habit of chatting with their coworkers to entertain themselves and didn't have their full attention on their jobs unless the supervisor was on their case, you know, telling them get back to work. There were all manners of habits, good and bad, that employees seemed to have picked up at their work environments. So, I also observed some people volunteered at various functions, to have a, mainly to have a chance to socialize with others because they were lonely. They, they just wanted to get out and have some fun and be around other people and all that. And that became their primary objective. And that wasn't necessarily getting the work done, but for entertainment. Others in a work type environment became all work and no play and create a more serious and tense atmosphere for everyone around them.
1: I'm going to interrupt Michael, and he will continue with his train of thought after the break. But this is the time we talk about our upcoming events, and we'd really like you to hear about this one. Before we go on our first break, we wanted to invite you to join us for an extraordinary remote for teleclass weekend event on Saturday, July 30th, and Sunday, July 31st with a bonus post-Zoom class Q&A, talk story, and social following the last teleclass on Sunday, and an additional special bonus Zoom dolphin meditation and post-class Q&A, talk story, and social on the Monday following. Although we won't be in Hawaii uh, this time in person, we'll celebrate the spirit of aloha remotely wherever you are. The first teleclass is 9 a.m. Pacific time on Saturday, July 30th, and the title is In Search of Oneness, Your Path of Healing. And then the afternoon class is Building the Bridge to God's Love, Your Psychic Communication. And then the Sunday morning, 9 a.m. class, this is Pacific Time, is Establishing Heaven on Earth, Your Intuition and Making Spirit Real. And the afternoon class is, got a great title, Buying Back Your Soul, Trusting Your Inner Voice. Anyone who attends Any one or more of the teleclasses during this weekend will be able to join us for not one, but two bonus Zoom post-class sessions. One shortly after the end of the final teleclass on Sunday and the other that will include that special dolphin meditation on Monday following the weekend. uh, The Monday following the weekend from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Pacific time. For all the details or to sign up, go to our July events calendar at our website, micheltamura.com or call her office and speak with our fabulous assistant, Debbie, at 530-926-2650 weekdays during business hours specific time. In just a bit, we'll return to It Takes a Village, the miracle of sharing your joy of cooperation and community. We'll be right back. Music
0: one of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational, a must read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about you are the answer. The award-winning book by Michael J. Tamura, beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at amazon.com.
2: Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at michaeltamura.com and be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter.
1: It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com
0: You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle.
1: It's nice to have you back. We've been addressing why it takes a village to pretty much do anything worthwhile And what kinds of miracles might come along when you share your joy of cooperation and community? So let's continue.
2: Well, before the break, I was talking about my observations back when when we were earlier on doing retreats and everything. And Raphael uh, was switching over from doing everything herself to letting a few people Participate and volunteer and help her out. And like she mentioned, you know, at the beginning, it was difficult for her because she's on a very tight schedule and with a lot of, you know, attention on her. And every, if something doesn't quite work out, then it kind of has a chain reaction. So she had to be on top of everything. And then to insert an X factor, unknown factor, of another person who may or may not be able to help, may or may not be able, you know, know what to do and everything. And in her past experience, that meant that uh, would take more time and energy and attention for her to to train, work with the volunteers, especially brand new people who she didn't really know. And so, so that's why she did things, you know, by herself all the time. Well, I observed all that and finally when I found one person that I knew would work out perfectly for her and it was it was fun and and she said I looked like a canary that ate the or the, the cat that ate the canary instead of the canary that ate the cat,
1: a canary that was teasing the cat.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a, a partially a joke, you know, because I knew she didn't know what this woman's background was and I had just found out. And, uh, so she could have run the whole show by herself, but, uh, I thought this would be a great start and, and, and Raphael ha- would have a wonderful experience having a volunteer that just stepped up to the bat and made things easier and faster for her, which it, over the course of the next couple of times it helped. It, it did that.
1: I learned from her quite yeah, a bit, quite, quite a, a bit supervised people.
2: And so in the meantime, what I was really interested in is, okay, what makes some volunteers just, you know, right up there and, and really help? And others, even if they're equally capable, I mean, pretty much everybody she had, everybody we had in our group, tremendously capable, creative, uh, enthusiastic, committed, you know, nothing wrong with them everything was right there except somehow it doesn't work and so I was very curious to see what was behind all that and what I started to discover was oh yeah each one that didn't work out you know which was more difficult for Raphael to work with rather than just going okay I need this done and it gets done was that it took she thought it it just took a lot of training and and all that, and which is p- partly true. But what I noticed is, oh, each of those people who didn't know never were part of a community. Uh, they Everybody wanted to be part of some community, but when they got thrown into a situation to help, they didn't know how to, right off the bat, she de- they didn't know how to be part of a community. Because they haven't really been one other than, say, you know, family and local, whatever, that they weren't considered to be necessarily part of the team. Like when you're growing up as a child, a lot of times the parents and adults don't consider the kids as part of their team. They're just people they love that, that they need to take care of. So then... Uh, when I start to ex- notice that, I realized I learned a lot observing. Very few of them that didn't work out paid attention to the whole space where each person involved was at, right? They, they were just going, okay, I'm here to help, and, and you're the one I'm supposed to help, and what do you want me to do? So it, it was a totally me and you relationship. They weren't aware, oh, wait a minute. I'm part of this team. I'm part of this community. And how do I be part of the community first? Then I could offer my services and get to go, oh yeah. So as I'm doing this, those people are doing that. And I'm relating to the boss this way. And, oh, and these people also need to relate. Ah. Then you start to discover how you could be part of that team, yeah? Not just follow the instructions, not just do what the boss tells you to do kind of a thing. Ah, So that, that's what I start to discover in terms of the volunteers, in terms of the people who had everything going for them. But that one factor, which was, oh, yeah, they have to learn to be part of the community. Well, the one woman that Raphael mentioned, uh, who was a veteran in a restaurant and uh, uh, in the small and large scale catering business, was very experienced in keeping track of not only where her staff and employees were, but the customers as well. Not only that, She was used to managing the whole community of people who she needed to successfully run her business. She also knew from running a restaurant where the work was very time-sensitive and constant, but where her customers came to have not only a great meal, but a good time. The energy had to be one of both play and work at the same time. All work and no play would have definitely made her restaurant a dull place, and it wouldn't have, and she wouldn't have, enjoyed the success that she had. I realized that throughout my life, I had naturally gravitated toward building community. And when I reviewed many of the successes I'd had, they all involved some sort of community of people in communication, having fun while working together to fulfill a common Objective. I had a lot of experience working with volunteers as well as paid staff before, and it was important to establish a space of communication and cooperation and build a community of people enjoying working together for things to go well. For me, the bigger part of the training of staff or volunteers was to get them out of competition and into communication and willingness to cooperate. Oh yeah, the pretty much all the volunteers were completely willing to help, but the missing factor just on that part was a lot of times they didn't know how to cooperate with everybody else on the team, not just with the chief. And just like getting a symphony orchestra together Everyone had to learn to play the same song together in harmony. (laughs) It's the fun factor, the happy making, the joyousness that comes from a group of souls communicating and cooperating as a community that makes people want to be part of the team to get work done. Your happiness is instrumental to your success in any endeavor in life. All too often, people in work-type situations focus heavily on getting the work done. Yeah, they do need to get the work done, but they expect everyone to do their respective jobs and the sum total should produce the desired results. Yet, if the individuals doing their parts are not in good communication with each other, even if they're not directly, you know, working on the same project or directly doing the same thing or whatever, they have to be in communication and working in cooperation because they're all part of the bigger team. What are the chances of great results? Ah, well like in a dictatorship. If you threaten people enough, they would generally follow orders (laughs) so they won't get punished. But how long would that last? The threats have to be kept up all the time. Plus, would anyone be happy? If the work that needs to be done is merely moving some object from one side of the room to the other, yeah, unhappy people can definitely get that done. But If what needs to be done requires any degree of creativity, it's going to be a long and dreary road for everyone involved if there's no happiness, no joy. So, when you share your joy of communication, cooperation, and being part of a community, it's not only contagious, but you create a welcome sanctuary for miracles to drop in. Of course, as are all miracles, you don't know exactly what's going to happen do you. No, it's always a joyful surprise. But one thing is certain, if you keep sharing your joy of communication, cooperation, and having community, miracles will happen. When you open the door to limitlessness, the sky is no longer the limit. Remember, Every miracle is a profound healing of some sort. The the form and appearance of the miracle is different every time. But it's always a healing, always a healing for everyone involved. When you share your joy of communicating, cooperating, and being part of a community, the underlying miracle that keeps happening is a healing for everyone. The miracle welcomes everyone to at least get a glimpse of the wholeness. A community is always for a common purpose, goal, or vision. It's never against something or someone. A community is a sanctuary for the experience of the joy of spirit and of eternal life. The communication and cooperation amongst everyone in that community creates a bridge to that experience. The further along a soul gets on its path of awakening, the more inclusive its community becomes. Every lifetime, each soul begins their incarnation here with their initial community of parents, themselves, and perhaps siblings. Of course, some souls incarnate into an immediate family of just one parent and no siblings. Other souls are immediately adopted out upon birth to a non-biologically related family. Some souls begin their incarnation in a community of an orphanage. Some souls are embraced by a whole village right from the start. When my younger son was born at home, there were 38 clairvoyant teachers, healers and readers awaiting his arrival right there in the birthing room at home. <laughs> Once I tied and cut the umbilical cord and his mother got a chance to embrace him and welcome him, I held him and welcomed him into this world and immediately passed him around to the next person in his reception line around the room. He got to say hello and receive a hello from each of the 38 friends within the first few minutes of his incarnation. He was literally born into an awaiting village. Although his older brother was born in a hospital, he was introduced to a much larger community as soon as he came home. The modern village in the city participated in raising, educating, and caring for both of them pretty much from day one. As you go through your lifetime, the communities that you are part of tends to change. It's somewhat similar to going to different schools for different phases of education, as well as leaving the home you grew up in when you're ready to go out into the world on your own. You cultivate different kinds of communities at different stages of your life and spiritual path. As you go further in your awakening, you discover that more and more people in your life and in the world are the same spirit that you are. Even if they don't reciprocate your awareness of them and your love for them, you see it for yourself and your joy grows bigger and more inclusive. Not only do you heal yourself more and more into the wholeness of who you are, but the healing you share with everyone you meet along the way.
1: We're coming up upon our second break already, if you can believe it, and we wanted to remind you to check our website, michaeltamora.com, that's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-T-A-M, as in Mary, U-R-A.com, for all our upcoming events, and you can get all the details for the next teleclass in our popular ongoing series, You Might Be More Psychic Than You Think. Coming up Saturday, July 23rd, not too far down the road from 10 a.m. to noon Pacific Time. This one will help you feel better, have more clarity, and express your creativity. And it's titled, Your Chakras and Your Creative Expression. Energy work for tuning up your chakras. Join us and have fun taking your next step. And by the way, when you're on our website, make sure you uh, sign up for our newsletters. Um, I put out newsletters the week of every event and to remind you uh, anything that's open to everyone you are welcome to join us in for people in our shape group um, you're welcome to any of the events we offer when we return we'll get back to it takes a village the miracle of sharing your joy of cooperation and community we'll be right back
0: If you love Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at michaeltomora.com forward slash events. It's your world. Motivate, change, succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1 888 346 9141. Again, that's 1 888 346 9141. You may also send an email to Radio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle.
1: It's wonderful to have you back. We've been exploring the miracle of sharing your joy of cooperation and community and the kinds of miracles that can come about when you joyfully cooperate with others as a community. So let's continue. Well, one of the things I was thinking about when Michael was talking uh, just before the break here is, you know, one of the uh, biggest, let's say, time users uppers is that a good word, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in our life, in our lives, is work. And I wanted to talk about that because some of you, you know, you kind of create a box around work. Well, I have to work in order to do everything else. So that's kind of off the side, and it's usually not fun, or it's, you know, like Michael was talking about, is full of drudgery and whatnot, whatnot. So let's go a little back about work. First off, most of you work for... In some way or another, a business or a nonprofit business or something that has a goal to fulfill. And I wanted to talk about that because having set up a business or two myself over the years, I have found it is a tremendous, tremendous amount of work. And it really cannot be done without advisors, community, and, you know, for some people, education, Uh, If you're one who's going to set up a much larger business, you have to know what you're doing. Uh, On some level or another, you don't necessarily have to have a college education, as Elon Musk says. (laughs) That cracked me up when I heard him say that. Um, But certainly it helps a lot. And so whoever is setting up the business, and, and by the way, those of you who are thinking about doing this or are in the middle of this, I'm talking to you especially, Setting up a business, you are the one setting the pace, setting the energy, setting what is going to motivate that business to move forward. And personally, when I, before I ever set up my own business and discovered that I would prefer to have my own business rather than working for someone else, I worked for many years uh, in various businesses. My favorite was in my 20s, over an eight-year period of time, I worked in grocery stores as a cashier. And one of the things that I got to do in, in one of the periods of time was to go from store to store. I was doing something called buying for full time. And those of you who work in the grocery store business or, re- or anything retail probably know what that is. And what I got to do is I got to go from store to store to store to to start to, f- instead of working part time, to get my full time. And when I did that, I got to, this was before my psychic training, but as a sensitive person, one of the things I would be able to do is go into a store and just feel how it operated. And these were all the same brand of stores that don't exist anymore. They were quite successful in their time. And I worked in probably 10 different stores within a, I don't know, 30 or 40 mile radius of where I lived. And my favorite one, I went into this one store and it was in a wealthier area, which I didn't live in. So it was cleaner and bigger and nicer and everything. But when I walked into this store, it wasn't about how clean it was or how nice it was there was a vibe amongst the employees, you know, when I got in there and got to my check stand and started working cashiers on their breaks and and also in, you know, servicing people and stuff, you, you have to communicate with other members who were working there. And there was a happiness there I never experienced in any workspace I have ever been in. It was in the town of Santa Teresa, California, And there was this store manager there, and I'm sorry I don't remember his name, but he, uh, you know, I was walking around talking to some of these guys that worked in the back rooms, uh, were pretty tough. You know, back Hmm. then nobody got tattoos except for, you know, semi-criminals and stuff like that. (laughs) It's popular now, so that's a whole other story. But, you know, these guys were tattooed, they looked mean and all that. But I saw even happiness in these in these guys that probably are there, you know, after having been in prison or something like that. And I finally, after my third day working in this particular store, I took one of them aside and I said, why is everybody so happy here? And he said, because the manager of this store is very, very fair to us. And if we do something wrong or make a mistake, he doesn't punish us unduly. He, he's very fair about everything and he never steps out of that fairness and he's really pleasant to work with so for the next week or two when i was working in this particular store i it i really made a note of it as if i ever had a business i hoped i could be a boss like that where if someone made a mistake and it even made me lose money or whatever that i could be very fair with them and not you know, not punish them. Because when you have a community working together in a business, like a grocery store, there are so many working parts. When you go to a grocery store, you don't usually see it. But there are so many working parts to keep those products in the store. The people that haul those and and put them so nicely on the shelves and everything, the cashiers, the managers, and so on and so forth. Every business is like this. They all have working parts. It was great to be able to be, kind of in the structure and see what makes that joy of cooperation. And really, even the, you know, meanest, toughest guys in that store got along with everyone, including the what they call the upfront, you know, those in the front who are making the most money and all that kind of stuff. So I had a lot of gratitude for this. And what I found is in creating a business, I'm still talking about business Because most of you who are working are working with or for or in some relationship to a business, right? That being in a business and having a relationship with your boss and all that is no different than having your relationship with your most beloved person closest to you. It takes three things, communication, reality, and affinity. Now, you don't have to love your boss. Your boss might not have a great personality. They may be grumpy after all the years of trying to set up a business and succeed. But if you create a space for communication, you can even, what I found in that experience I was talking about, you can find the space to communicate and create uh, the miracles of success for everyone.
2: Yeah, it's, you know, that's a great example. And, and. This happens in all facets, (laughs) all facets of society, all levels of, you know, socioeconomic standings, all kinds of backgrounds, experiences. Uh, When Raphael was talking about her experience at that wonderful store and and the leader, uh, the boss, being able to foster that community that can work together, whether they were ex-cons or, you know, come from a very uh, uppity part of the uh, town or whatever, and they all worked together, and they enjoyed each other's company. And like Raphael said, what did that, those sex-con-type guys tell her? Oh, because he's fair. Ah. Well, that reminded me of one of my uh, students from way back who went on to become a very capable, professional, clairvoyant reader and teacher and everything – of her own and uh but she had this son who was well by the time i knew her it was an adult son uh who's who's been in and out of jail and prison and and uh, was uh fairly high up in in the uh a gang a very very tough gang and um uh when she was going through this very difficult relationship with her son, she, she just had to excommunicate him and says, no, you can't come see me anymore until you change your ways. And she, so she didn't see him for quite a long few years, but long story short, he shows up and he's a completely new person as far as she's concerned. And, Having grown up with a psychic (laughs) in his earlier years and everything, he learned quite a quite a bit that she didn't realize he had learned by osmosis, you know, and absorbed it. And uh, uh, so, what was his turning point and his wake-up call? Was he already had two strikes, you know, in California, three strikes in Europe not out, you're in, <laughs> you're in prison for, you know, basically the rest of your life. And uh, so he already had the two strikes. The third one, no matter what it was, was going to put him away for good. And he got close to it. And he just escaped both being killed and being put away. And he realized that was his not second chance, but his umpteenth chance, and he better get the message. And so he went really deep into himself and everything and just started to sort things out and said, I I just have to change my ways. And so he got out, which was a miracle in itself from the gang. And because especially he wasn't just a low-level entry person, he was way up there in charge of a lot of things. So, but he, he just got himself out and discovered that he couldn't get a job because he was a two-time offender for some serious stuff. And, um, but then he went to, I think he said Walmart. And at that time, uh, they were one of the very few big companies that were hiring, uh, ex-cons for very, you know, menial kind of work and stuff. But, but, you know, had had uh, benefits like everybody else and and pay and da 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 so he he signed up he went to work he dedicated himself to do this job and um uh then he watched uh one of the s- supervisors that he worked under who was a white guy who was you know very uh buttoned down kind of a guy and almost like a uh person you'd, stereotype as a, as a bean counter kind of a person had a really hard time working with, ah, the ex cons, <laughs> they, they frightened him because they were very gnarly. You know, they were very angry, uh, tough people to work with. And so he took it over. He says, Hey, and he spoke with all those ex cons and said, Hey, I'm one of you. Ah, community. He knew from his time in gangs that the most important thing that brought a gang doesn't matter why why they're together or what you know they're doing, but what brought them together was that sense of community. So he started to foster that community amongst the ex-cons working for Walmart and said he, he got along, he got them to cooperate, he got them in communication, they, they got to be happy, much happier taking. You know, instructions from him than the other guy the foreman so he will approach the foreman and says you know i'll, I'll work with these guys and take them off of your hands and you can supervise me and the foreman was absolutely delighted he tell the foreman tells the his boss and says i recommend that you hire this guy to to be the foreman for the ex-cons that you guys hire and the bosses said Sounds like a great idea. And everything worked out. People were happier. Everybody, all the employers were happier now, including that foreman especially. And that was an amazing miracle. But it was based on that creating the community.
1: Fantastic. Yeah, that's a great story. And um, his mom, too, was very, very pleased that he took his life experience and turned it into something good. And that really is a miracle. So anyway, talking about the communities, um, Michael was talking earlier about the families. And, um, you know, when you have a large family, cooperation really is one of the ways that makes family work, whether it's within a small family or the larger family with cousins and uncles and aunts and so on. So kudos to all of you that are making it work. Well, we're at the end of our show today. Thank you so much for joining us. We always enjoy spending this time with you. Be sure to join us again next Wednesday for The Miracle of Forgiveness, Sharing Your Joy of Truth. We'll explore how discovering and becoming aware of the truth really does does set you free, and forgiving is an essential part of that process. Tune in and find out what The Miracle of Forgiveness is and how it can come about. Remember, too, to sign up for our special remote teleclass weekend event titled Celebrate the Spirit of Aloha. That was the one with all the titles I gave you earlier, coming up on Saturday and Sunday, July 30th and 31st. Learn about your path of healing, your psychic communication, how to use your intuition and make spirit real, and trusting your inner voice. For all the details and to sign up, check our website events calendar for July 2022 Or call our office at 530-926-2650. Until then, be inspired, use your imagination, and follow your intuition joyfully. This is Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. We will see you next week.
0: We appreciate your joining us today.